0: If we fail to lay the groundwork for something, for anything, we will suffer. Without a proper foundation, we lack the ability to build well. Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! The fundamentals in life, the fundamentals in every sphere of life, are vital. In the past, that was readily understood, embraced, and taught. I'm not so sure today that that's the case. It seems that we lack fundamentals all around us, in all sorts of spheres of life. And it also seems, at least to me, that many people are not concerned about this at all. From what I can discern, this is true about the most important thing in life, the Christian faith, as well as something in life that we enjoy and love, the game of baseball. I had the opportunity over the past week to talk about such things often, and that is because our family was blessed to go on vacation in Hilton Head, South Carolina with dear friends of ours, Chris Bando and his family. And when I say and his family, it was CB and his wife, Mary Beth, but also two of his six grown children and their families, his son, Mike, and their five, his wife and their five children, one still in the womb, and his son Luke and their two children, one of whom is still in the womb. So CB and I have been good friends for almost 30 years now. He's a dear brother in Christ, as are Mike and his family and Luke and their family, and all of us have a background in baseball. Both Mike and Luke played collegiately, and Mike also had an opportunity to play professionally. CB, as you might know, was a major league catcher for about 10 years, and then he went on to be a very successful minor league manager, and then a big league third base coach, a big league bench coach, a college coach, a manager in professional baseball at multiple levels. And so our background, both in the fundamentals of the faith and the fundamentals of the game, are something that we all share in common and that we talked about a lot. And we we talked about how and why they're lacking. And... In one of our conversations, CB reminded me that I'm lacking in a fundamental. And that is that when somebody has a podcast, as I do, that typically in most every podcast, if not every podcast, they are directed somewhere. Well, each podcast, I say at the beginning that In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey is sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. But I believe maybe one time, it hasn't been much more than that if it was even the one time, I have not directed you anywhere, and I want to do that now. Developing Contenders Ministries is a ministry that CB and I are involved with, along with a man named Arnie Connect, and it is a ministry that allows me to do this podcast. And so I want to tell you about our website. I want to encourage you to go to our website to check it out, especially check out the blog. We have something new each Monday through Saturday on that, usually fairly brief, and let me know what you think. And if you like what the ministry is about, and if you like the fact that the ministry sponsors this podcast, you may be inclined to support it. But the website is developingcontendersministries.org. Go to it, check it out. You can write to us on that website. And of course, you have the ability to do so to me, both on X and on Facebook. But on this vacation, we actually left Sunday after worship, But on this vacation, and actually the night before it began officially, so from Saturday night 10 days ago to Saturday night two days ago, I did not look at anything on my phone, on the internet, any of those ways except texts. And I didn't get many texts. So while I was there, we did watch a couple of games on television, but I really didn't know what was going on. And then I got home Saturday night, and I started checking out social media and the news and MLB.com and those kind of things to find out what was going on, what I missed while I was gone and while I was on vacation from all things internet. And so as I did so Saturday night, I believe the very first thing that I saw that had to do with baseball, the very first thing that I saw that I missed while I was away was this. I didn't execute. He had a good pitch. Um... I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh. to be honest. So I was at 90 pitches, and I didn't, I didn't think I needed to go anymore, but no, it is what it is. So Is that a conversation in the dugout, or is it? It'll be a conversation soon. Yeah. That was an interview done after a game on Friday. The person you heard speaking was the starting pitcher for the Seattle Mariners in that game against Tampa at Tampa, George Kirby. Now, he said in that brief clip that he didn't execute his pitch. And I would say he was absolutely correct. He didn't. But then he said he, the batter, hit a good pitch. I would argue that's an incorrect statement. It wasn't a good pitch. It's the kind of pitch that very often gets hit very hard and very far. And this one did. But all of that is really incidental. What really stood out at me, or to me, and stood out to me in a way that is not good, is when he said, I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh, to be honest. I could not believe that I heard those words coming out of the mouth of a major league pitcher. And when he was asked why, he said, well, because he already threw 90 pitches and he didn't think he should go back out there. Again, I cannot comprehend that statement. I I mean, I can comprehend it, I get it, I can't comprehend how a competitor at the major league level would say such a thing. Then you also heard him being asked, was there any kind of a conversation in the dugout? And he said, no. And then he said, there will be a conversation soon. And again, he was correct. However, I think that the conversation was one that was a bit different than he anticipated. But we'll get back to that in a moment. Now, you could only hear the audio. But if you look at the interview, it was done on camera, you see that his facial expression and his body language was a woe-is-me look, just like his words conveyed. So here was the situation. Seattle, the Mariners, who are battling definitely for a playoff spot, and at one time, briefly, were in first place in the AL West, were playing a team that is going to be in the postseason, a very good team, the Tampa Bay Rays. They were in Tampa. George Kirby started the game for the Mariners. He had completed six innings. He had thrown 90 pitches. And his team had a 4-2 to lead. And he wishes he didn't go out for the seventh, but he did. And when he did, he gave up a two-run home run that tied the game. Then he was removed from the game. And the Rays scored two more in the seventh, one in the eighth. And they went on to win 7-4. to four. So again... After spending a week not seeing such things, and this being the first thing that I saw when I started checking into what had happened, when I looked at that Saturday night, I saw this interview and I commented, I haven't been on X for six days, and the first thing I see is this? I couldn't believe it. And I'm not alone there are a number of former major league players both position players and pitchers and minor league position players and pitchers that could not believe what they had heard what George Kirby said in this interview and I could call I could talk, talk about the things said by any number of people but I'm going to look at two two former major league pitchers two pitchers that spent a portion a good portion of their career with the Oakland A's two pitchers that were very very good first Dave Stewart He wrote, wow, did I hear him say he wished he wasn't out there? Not the mentality of a winner. And then Mark Mulder, a man who was a very good pitcher, primarily for the A's and the Cardinals, wrote this first. I can't believe this guy has made 27 starts this year. The things I want to say would get me in trouble. And then shortly after that, he wrote, I give you the biggest, and then he had emojis, which I'll translate simply as sissy. I give you the biggest sissy in baseball. And he's talking about George Kirby. Can't imagine ever having that thought at any point on the mound or during a game, much less repeating to reporters. Crazy that someone can be so mentally weak who plays a sport at a high level. And another man that I follow on X is Wes Clements. He is a current and longtime sports broadcaster, but he was a former All-American at the University of Arizona in 1980 as a baseball player. He played minor league baseball all the way up through the AAA level and Mexico. He's been a hitting coach and a manager in professional baseball as well. And he wrote, I have never in my life heard these words come from any pitcher, who was a teammate or player I managed or coached. Wow. But then he wrote this. In his defense, this mindset is learned and taught. And I agree to a large degree that that is the case. And I've thought about this. I don't know why. In the last, I don't know, maybe month or so, i thought about the various questions that I've received through my lifetime, both when I was playing and for the nearly 20 years I've not been playing. Questions like, what was it like to play in the major leagues? What was it like to play with this player or against that player? What was it like being a Christian man in major league baseball? And a whole bunch more. But a question I do not believe has ever been asked of me, and if it has, it's only been maybe once, but I don't remember it ever being asked of me, is what did it take to get to the major leagues, or what did it take to stay in the major leagues? And I've wondered, why, has not, why have people not asked me that question? And in part, it may be they don't want to hear what it takes to pursue and achieve excellence. I don't know, but I do know this. One answer, and there would be many, one answer I would give to them is, I never thought for even one second, I don't want to go back out to the mound. I never thought for one second, I hope they come and get me. As a matter of fact, humorously, my attempts to stay in a game failed miserably, and you'll understand why. But when I would throw a pitch and something would happen, and out of the corner of my eye, I would see my manager coming out of the dugout. Now, as a rule, if you're not going to be lifted from the game, the pitching coach is going to come and talk to you. Not always, but as a rule. And if you are going to be lifted from a game, it's going to be the manager. So I see the manager coming from the dugout, and I would turn away, maybe look out in the outfield and rub up the baseball, or let's say there was a man on first, and I'd turn around to my middle infielders and, and say, all right, who do we have here if a, on a comebacker to me? And my, my hope, my wish was that by ignoring my manager, he would simply turn around and go back in the dugout and let me stay in the game. Again, not surprisingly, not one single time did they ever do that. But my point is this, along with Dave Stewart, along with Mark Mulder, along with Wes Clements, along with a lot of other people that I read, I could not even imagine for one second such a thought going through my mind. Now, you may be thinking, though it's not likely if you listen to this podcast, others may be thinking, we're just a bunch of old men yelling at clouds. Well, we could debate that, but one thing I'm convinced of is this. One old man yelled at George Kirby. Yeah, I just wanted to address what happened yesterday. Um, obviously, I screwed up, and you know that's not you know that's not me. And you know, Skip's always got to pry that ball out of my hands, and um, just super uncharacteristic of, of me as a player, and you know who I am out in the mound, and you know I love competing and. Um, I just screwed up and, you know, and really looking forward to next week and, you know, just going, going forward and, you know, enjoying the time with the team and, you know, getting the playoffs and getting our work done. So that was George Kirby, less than 24 hours after he made the comments on Friday night, making those comments on Saturday. And those comments came after what I assume and I think very accurately was a conversation that he had with his manager, Scott Service. Scott Service, who was a big league catcher from my generation. Scott Service, who I believe, basically, figuratively figuratively speaking, took George Kirby to the shed and gave him a whooping. And I agree with George Kirby. He was correct when he said, I screwed up. But the remaining comments that he made, in describing himself, I've got to believe, are incorrect. And I do because I cannot believe that what he just said on Saturday is accurate, given what he said on Friday. Now, I've not seen George Kirby pitch. I do not know George Kirby. I've not seen him pitch. But looking at his numbers, it appears that he can pitch. And of course, he's a big league pitcher. And big league baseball players are the elite baseball players in the world. But what he's lacking is the fundamental mindset of a winner, of a competitor, as Dave Stewart said. Now, while I believe this is more prominent, that it is definitely a mindset that is learned and taught, that part of the so-called development of pitchers these days in the minor leagues is this idea that you get to 90 pitches or you get to five innings and you shut it down. You definitely don't want to go the third time through the lineup. As soon as anything starts going wrong, you're looking in the dugout for the manager to come and get you. And when you talk about older guys like me, the old men yelling at the clouds, if you will, it was far different. But it is not completely new. Probably 12 or 13 years ago, I went to a major league ballpark to visit a coach that I had played for, a pitching coach. He was, at that time, a pitching coach for a different Major League Baseball team. And I thought, and I think many people would agree, he was an outstanding pitching coach. Spent decades as a Major League pitching coach. And as we were standing behind the batting cage during batting practice or sitting in his office, we talked about a number of things. And he told me two stories. One was the story about a pitcher that he had, a starting pitcher. Actually, both are about starting pitchers. And when the starting pitcher would come off the field and my former pitching coach would say to him, hey, how are you feeling? He said the pitcher would always respond, how many pitches do I have? And I don't remember the number. Let's say it was 80 or 90. If it was under that, the pitcher would respond by saying, I'm good to go. But if it was that number or higher, the pitcher would say, yeah, I think I'm done. My former pitching coach, being a wise man, did this. Even if that number was the number in which the guy said, I'm done, he would not give him that number. He would give him a number less than that number. And the guy would say, I'm good to go. (laughs) I love that. The second story, another starting pitcher that he had, was basically this starting pitcher was good going five innings. And his reasoning was, if I can make five inning starts consistently for 30 to 35 starts a season... I will get paid the same money as if I make six or seven start inning starts throughout the season. So why go six or seven? Again, this was 12, 13, 14 years ago. Again, it's a mindset that I cannot understand. But even as I, and as I mentioned many others, have never heard a pitcher say such a thing out loud as George Kirby did on Friday, and that we all agree that it is a mindset so fundamentally wrong if you're going to be a competitor at the highest level, something that we all agree we have seen throughout this year is a lack of fundamentals again and again on the field. Battle Runners go! The ball gets away! And Stevenson will hold it third and now a wild throw off the line Stevenson is going to try to score and he will score. <laughs> Run until they tag you. Unbelievable. Wow. Stevens went between forward and reverse twice. Well, if there's one play that sums up the Mets season, that's probably it right there. So that was Mets versus Twins. The Mets were on defense. The catcher made no attempt to block the pitch. Now the pitch was in the dirt, but it was over the plate. And he did not shift his body to block it. He tried to backhand pick the pitch. Then, so that's fundamental error number one. Then the runner rounded third too far and was, was going to be dead out at third with a good throw. But the catcher made a terrible throw that went into left field. You could say a fundamental error on the part of the base runner, definitely a fundamental error on the part of the catcher. Now the left fielder gets the ball, I'm guessing about 150 feet from home plate, and if he makes a decent throw, the runner's out at the plate, but he makes a terrible throw. It wasn't even close to the plate. And you heard there, run until they tag you. Unbelievable. Run until they tag you is what I have seen when I've, watch my sons play at eight or nine or ten years old, where the good athletes just keep running until you get tagged out, and a lot of times you don't, and that's what happened in this case. Also, you heard the comment that it sums up the Mets' season. I would say that's true, they've had a terrible season, but I would argue that it sums up way too much of the 2023 Major League Baseball season. But, just when a fellow starts to get down about what's happening, it appears almost daily in Major League Baseball, something like this happens. Oh, he pops it up, shallow center. The shortstop Lawler or the second baseman Marte. And, it falls and Nico. On. And Nico Horner hustling scores the first run. That's the way to play the game. Nico Horner running as hard as he could. Nico Horner of the Cubs was on first base, two outs, bottom of the third, 0-0 ball game. Cody Bellinger hits a pop-up to the infield, and Nico Horner, and you can see it because the pop-up was in the middle of the infield, he is absolutely flying around second base. He did not assume the ball would be caught. He anticipated scoring if it wasn't caught, and that's exactly what happened. And the announcer is right. That's the way to play the game, running as hard as you can. That is a fundamental truth. It is a fundamental activity that ought to take place on a baseball field. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how fast you are. Every single player that steps on a field can run as hard as they possibly can because that's the way you play the game. That is a fundamental approach and a fundamental attitude to playing the game of baseball. That was encouraging. Though some could argue that what led to that encouraging event, and Nico Horner running as fast as he could, and scoring from first base on a pop-up that never left the infield dirt, is that a routine pop-up was missed, and it led to all of that. So again, we see a lack of fundamentals. But I want to go back to my vacation. We're actually my drive through South Carolina, going down to Hilton Head and coming back home from it. On the highway, in various signs, some as big as a billboard, some as small as a yard sign, and really a lot of different size signs in between, I kept reading things talking about Jesus, about repenting, about seeking the forgiveness of sins, about trusting him. And I thought, this is great. I really appreciate this. i like to be able to see that. But then I thought, you know what? One of the issues is that these signs assume something. That people know the fundamentals of the Christian faith. They know what sin is, and repentance, and forgiveness. And most of all, they know who Jesus is. Now, I'm confident most people know who they're referring to when they say Jesus. But I think that a lot of people do not understand the fundamentals of who Jesus is in his person who he is, revealed in Scripture. There may have been a time in which we could assume people would know such things, but I don't think we're in that time anymore. Just like I think there was a time we could assume people understood and could execute the fundamentals on the baseball field, but it appears that that is no longer the case, at least not as it used to be. As it regards the fundamentals of the Christian faith, One example that I would give to demonstrate that such things can no longer be assumed is actually something that I have seen twice now watching Major League Baseball games. First, it was earlier in the season. And then last, it was last week when I was on vacation watching a game on television. Earlier in the season, as I'm watching the game and you have the the center field camera angle, to the first base side of home plate, so you can see it, was a sign. And actually, last week, the sign was in the same place. And those are the rotating signs and advertisements that are on either side of home plate that are always captured by the center field angle. Earlier this year, I saw a sign that read this. Jesus believed in his teammates too. And when I saw it, I grumbled and said things I probably shouldn't have said. Last week on vacation, I saw a different sign. Jesus believed even without a rally cap. And again, sitting there watching this game with CB and his family, we all said, you have got to be kidding me. Now, underneath those phrases, those slogans, whatever you want to call them, it is listed who paid for these and where to go. He Gets us.com. So this organization known as He Gets Us puts these slogans there, paying good money where they are, and then direct you to their website, hegetsus.com. I don't know much about this organization, but in reading their signs, both earlier this season and last week, I am confident there's a lack of a fundamental understanding about King Jesus. And I believe a better name, a better website to send them to would be wedontgethim.com. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for listening.